Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we will discuss some Florida football recruiting with Corey Bender from GatorsTerritory.com. Corey will join us to discuss some of the stops that the coaches have been making on the recruiting trail. He'll give his thoughts on Florida's 2020 class and some of the remaining needs, how he feels like the Gators are going to finish for the early signing period, and some of the commits for the Gators who are in contention for a five-star rating. Here was my conversation with Corey this week. We're now joined by Corey Bender from Gators Territory to talk some Florida football recruiting. And, Corey, welcome to the podcast, man. How's it going? It's going really good, Zach. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, I know uh, I know you've been a busy guy, but, uh, it, it, you know, it's good for business this time of year with the Florida coaches on the road. Before yep. we, we talk about that and some of the stops that they've hit, I just want to get your thoughts on this 2020 class right now as it stands and just the overall job that they've done, some of the top commits that they got, and just – where you feel like it's at at this point in the cycle? Yeah, right now on Rivals, are ranked number six in the country. And obviously, the few positions still highlighting this class as far as positions in need are running back. And obviously, there's the top of the wish list. You have Demarcus Bowman. I know everyone's still crossing their fingers for him. Um, then you got Tim Smith at defensive tackle. Um, you know, defensive line and running back are probably the two positions of need they're really attacking. Wide receiver as well. There's a lot of uncertainty there. But right now, like I said, I think they've done fairly well. I know they want to get Marcus Dumerville or Josh Braun in the class offensive tackle. But other than that, they already have a good handful of offensive line commits uh, hi- highlighted by Isaiah Walker, who I believe eventually, I mean, right now it depends what you're kind of looking for in offensive line. I know there's a lot of different opinions on what you're looking for. A lot of people kind of have different stuff with that. But I think he has a chance to kind of come in as a mid-year enrollee, really solidify himself in that too deep, um, at, even at right tackle. I know this year – um, they had a lot of moving pieces, like Michael Tarquin was in there. You had Ethan White at guard. A lot of new faces uh, were into that lineup this year. And I think next year, with offensive tackle kind of being kind of still a question mark, you know, a lot of people still not satisfied with the play there. I think Walker, when you watch his senior film, he checked off a lot of boxes. And he's one of the guys I think that could definitely come in and definitely make a play, uh, case for at least. It's not a too deep. Maybe by the time the season comes in, um, you know, Tyre almost was that same spot. It's probably more unlikely at this point, but he's a guy that I think more fans should keep an eye on. And a lot of people look at his ranking, but he's one I think when you watch his senior film that fans should really get excited about. Um, then you also got Jalen Lee, um, you know, defensive tackle of Louisiana. And a lot of people thought when he committed, does that change anything with Tim Smith, which it definitely doesn't. You know, Tim Smith will be in this weekend. Uh, he visited Alabama last week, and that's who he's committed to. Um, and a source told me a few weeks ago, Florida's looking to load up with as many defensive linemen as they can uh, with Clyde Pinder on that short list, too, over at Armwood. So um, there's a lot of options, a lot of targets still on the board. But right now, I think Florida fans have to be pleased. They're number six in the country right now. But it definitely, they definitely have the potential to grow into that top four, top three range. And, and you mentioned them being number six. A lot of fans hoping that they can climb into that top five and, and maybe finish even higher than that. As they try to do that and they approach the early signing period, we won't know where they finish until the very end in the first Wednesday in February. But I want to ask you, Corey, what do you think about this past season that they had, the fact that Dan Mullen becomes the first coach in school history to win 10 wins in his first two years, they become state champs, they beat Miami, they beat Florida State in back-to-back years. As he's going out on the recruiting trail and trying to sell the program and land probably some of the bigger fish that he has on his wish list and some top 100 guys, 
How much is this recent success and the fact that he's been able to do it in back-to-back years, how much do you think that's going to help him and his coaches here down the stretch? No, I definitely think it's going to help a lot. When you ask a lot of these uncommitted recruits, and, you know, especially down this home stretch, like when you take a step back and you look at Florida as a whole, like what soaks up your attention about the game? A lot of the first things that kids will say is, I love what Dan Mullen's doing. Um, a lot of kids have mentioned the stability right now. Like you said, back-to-back years, it wasn't, you know, Dan came in his first year and it was one of those seasons. I'm not going to say he got lucky, but, you know, it was a transition year and they had more success than what they thought. But right now you can kind of see how everything's clicking on all cylinders. And, and that's, I think that's definitely going to play a big factor. I mean, even with Darnell Washington, I think it's more of a long shot that he comes to Florida. But him being a five-star tight end, um, the first thing that he mentioned was Kyle Pitts. You know what I mean? The success he has and the potential he would have in that offense if they pushed him out. And, Obviously, Mullen's known for uh, utilizing his tight ends and such like that. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with this season. But I just think, too, with, with recruiting, I know one, one staff member I think that hasn't got enough credit, he is starting to get now, is David Turner. When, when he got hired on and he replaced Coach Sal, a lot of people were wondering, you know, how much, how's that going to, how's that going to affect on the recruiting trail? You know, Coach Sal is known as a guy that kind of makes people laugh. He has kind of a bubbly personality, you know, he's just kind of a different type of character. Uh, but David Turner, I mean, he's probably the main reason why. Uh, Tim Smith has obviously visited over a handful of times with the familiarity levels there. Uh, but David Turner is another reason why I think during this home stretch you're going to see, um, you know, Florida having hopefully if they can get Smith, that will be one of the main reasons. And that's why Jalen Lee committed too. When we asked Jalen Lee why he committed to Florida during this home stretch, you know, he decommitted from LSU. Uh, first thing he says, Coach Turner, that's my guy. And then if you talk to Tim Smith, that's another one. So I think a lot of it has to come with Dan Mullen's success. Um, there's just a, and also too with timing. I know Florida State they just got Coach Norvell, so I know there's a little bit of momentum with them too. It's always an exciting time when you get new coaches. So I think it's part of it what Dan Mullen's doing, the staff he has around, but also good timing with Miami not having the season they hope, and then Florida State going through the coaching turnover. Um, I think it all just sums up into one um, positive you know group for Florida. I think everything works into their favor. Um, there's a lot of different things you can kind of you know, attribute to that. We're speaking with Corey Bender from Gators Territory. Corey, the coaches have been busy on the trail the past couple weeks. The contact period is in full effect. They're having in-home visits. They're stopping by high schools. You guys have been all over it, a lot of stories, and you guys have spoken to a lot of recruits. You know, I, I know you can't run down the whole list of everybody they've gone to go see, but is there maybe some some of those in-home visits or trips that you would point to as some of the more significant visits or maybe more successful visits that they've had in the last few weeks uh, based on some of the conversations that you've had with those kids? Yeah, Jameer Gibbs is one. He's committed. He's actually committed to Georgia Tech. He's one of the more productive running backs in the whole country. He's blown up, out of control. Every, I mean, you name a school, he has an offer from them right now. Um, he's a significant one, too. Greg Knott actually visited with him uh, last week. And then uh, Florida came in again yesterday with Coach Knox. Um, and he'll be officially visiting on January 24th. He's one of the key ones. I know everyone, like I said, everyone wants Bowman, you know, and I understandably so, and people are still kind of crossing their fingers there. But that was definitely one of the more significant visits just because Gibbs is pretty well-reserved. He visited one time, but he kind of – he doesn't really talk to the media as much. He kind of keeps things close to vest. So I know that visit went very well. Um, and then John Hevesy, he visited with Josh Braun. Um, obviously, Parker Braun, he's the one to consider Florida grad transfer. He's up in Texas. That's his older brother. Uh, Braun's committed to Georgia right now, and – you know, since Pittman went to Arkansas, his recruitment's been kind of interesting, you know, basically because Pittman was a significant factor in his decision why he chose Georgia. But Florida was very close in a second. And I know based off sources I talked to, that in-home visit went very, very well. And that's definitely one of those situations you can keep an eye on during this home stretch. We don't know exactly. His father, I've known his father for, you know, 
about four or five years now, and he does a good job of shoot bow and um, doesn't hesitate from that. But, you know, yesterday when I spoke to him, he didn't want to say too much just so in respect to Kirby. Um, so right now that's one, that was a significant in-home that went very well. Um, and Tim Smith is another one. I mean, he's arguably the top target on the board. Um, Greg Knox and David Turner were at a school on Monday. Um, you know, the first Sunday, right when the contact period started, right after, um, you know, right the first day it went into effect, Dan Mullen and two other assistants went to Tim Smith's home and they conducted an in-home. And as we know before, you know, David Turner's done a great job there, not only with Tim, but his family. Uh, they're really pushing all the right buttons there. It's going to come down to, he always mentioned Alabama's pipelines of the NFL and how they really produce. Yeah, I think, I think he always says six or seven on an average per year going to the NFL, but Florida's the school he's more familiar with. Um, and, you know, obviously, Gervon Dexter's a close friend. So, right now, those are the three guys I definitely would point to um, as significant in-homes. And based on what, what I've heard, they've all went really, really well. Um, the coin flip's going to be Tim Smith. Does he want to, you know, go to Alabama and kind of fall into that pipeline and kind of ride it out? Or does he want to, you know, go Florida? Um, obviously, the school he's most familiar with, it's close to home. And um, he'll be officially visiting Florida this weekend. You know, Gervon Dexter, like we noted, you know, they're close friends. They'll both be officially visiting together. So, I know they're really going to roll out the right carpet for him. And then with him signing early, it's going to be very, very close and something to keep an eye on. So those are probably the three main guys right now as far as in-homes. Um, they're definitely significant. I know Ford did a great job with all three. And then the early signing period is, is approaching, Corey. And then yep. after that, the coaches will have about six more weeks to try and add a few more pieces to their 2020 class. You've mentioned some of the top remaining targets, the, the guys that the coaches have prioritized and, and gone to see on the trail. But in, in terms of need, what do you feel like is the maybe one or two spots that really need to be addressed here, uh, regardless of who they fill those positions with, what in terms of need on the roster needs mm-hmm. to get hit here with the last few remaining spots? I think I think wide receiver and running back. Um, and I, we keep mentioning defensive line. And obviously, if Florida was to close out the class today, I think they would have to be very pleased with the, you know, with the hall of defensive linemen they picked up. But as far as need, I definitely would go with wide receiver and then running back, just because with with running back, it's it's such a oh they've been really pushing for that position from the get go, and everyone put their all their eggs in one baskets with Bowman, but that's the position people mention the most. Just knowing Damian Pierce after after this year is going to be the only kind of proven guy coming back. You got Malik Davis on the roster too, who's kind of had his ups and downs. So I know they want to add a top flight running back to this class, and then obviously wide receiver too. Um, Elijah Canyon, he's a he's a um, Auburn commit. You know Dan Mullen uh, went in home with him last night. He's been on there for a while. You got Leonard Manuel. I know people talk about him and his situation, if he's going to qualify. And there's been a lot of different moving pieces in the wide receiver group. And then, obviously, you have Xavier Henderson, who's on the board, CJ's younger brother. Florida Clemson. I'm leaning towards Clemson right now with him. And then, um, you know, Malik Heath, the Juco wide receiver, I think we're all familiar with from when Dan, he had more recruiting in Mississippi State. That one's trending down right now from based on all the sources I talked to this week. And I think after that official visit, people thought Malik was definitely heading towards Florida, at least trending that way. Um, but from what I've you know been here in the last couple of days, that you know, right now I think it would be tougher for Florida to get him in the class. And I'm, I'm think he's going to stay put in Mississippi State there. But, yeah, running back or wide receiver, those are the two positions. Defensive tackle, you can throw it in there just based off how hard they're recruiting the position. Um, but yeah, I would definitely go wide receiver running back, but wide receiver probably needs a few more bodies running back. will probably close out the class in just one. Um, Jalen White's another kid on the board who we reported this morning. He's going to be officially visiting in January. He's one of the more productive backs in all high school football. He's been overlooked by power five schools. Doesn't play against the best competition, but has good raw size, good balance, good vision. He's another guy to keep an eye on down the home stretch of four strikes out with some of these guys. Or you mentioned Gervin Dexter and we had a, 
guest on yesterday that talked about him and the senior season that he had over 100 tackles and feeling like he should be getting five-star status in this year's class. And I know he's a guy that you've got to see a lot of uh, this past year, and you've covered his recruitment really closely. What do you think about his ability? And obviously the year that he had, uh, being able to put up 100 tackles and, and the way that he's dominated some kids, I know you've seen it up close in person. What, what do you think about what he's been able to put on tape, and what is it going to take for him, especially with the All-American games coming up, to get that fifth star, you feel like? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the more interesting evaluations I came across over the last handful of years. And I get each side, to be honest with you. And coming into the season, Zach, to be honest with you, my, I've always been a huge fan of Gervon. I always thought he was a top 100 player. But coming into the season, I always said, and I put it on paper too, he kind of relies on his strength too much, and he needs to develop some more go-to moves. So he more, he more kind of relies on the bull rush, and he kind of relies on his strength. Because most of the time, you can try to find another player that's bigger than Gervon Dexter. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's probably bigger than 99% of all high school kids, so it's understandable. But my thing is, I think eventually he does have a very strong shot getting that fifth star because since then, since the summer when I put that out, he has started to develop some of those go-to moves. You see him go to the swim move more often. You'll see him kind of do different types of stunts. Um, another thing, too, is his pursuit to the football has increased as well. And I know that was one some of the things that Mike uh, Mike Farrell, you know, basically because of all the rankings here at Rivals, he kind of pointed out, too, they relies a little bit too much on the strength. And but I think he's actually made strides in that, um, you know, since basically from the end of last offseason until now. So I think once he gets to the All American games, I'm pretty confident he'll have a strong guy in that fifth star. Just once they actually see him again in person, and that's the thing too. A lot of us in the scouting business, a lot of people want to see guys in person. That's their main thing. I mean, we can all turn on the huddle film, and that's going to give you the high, they're called highlights for a reason. But then when you go to a game, you might find three, four plays. You're like, mm, yeah, I wish he did that better. But when you look at Gervon's highlight tape and then you mix in his stats, his size, his long-term potential, versatility, he has a lot. He checks off a lot of different boxes, and a lot of those usually pull out to a five-star. So I think it's more one of those wait-and-see situations where you know, the move got to a five-star, you have, it's, a, it's a pretty significant bump. So I think with the All-American games right around the corner, which typically happens, if you're going to put out rankings around this time, but you know you're going to put out another set in the next month, sometimes people kind of play it safe and say, hey, let's wait till we see him in person, then we'll decide. Rather than jumping the gun and then you see him in the All-American game, he falls up short, then you're taking it away. You're going back and forth. So I think truly, I think he's more of a top 40 type player, maybe a, a very, very high four-star, low five-star type. Um, but that's my opinion. But I think once they see him in person and see how much he's developed when it comes to moves and you know, overall his just array of different stuff he's added to his game, I think the people at Rivals, the scouts, I think they'll be pleased. And I think Florida fans will be pleased too. And once he has a good week, I'm pretty confident he'll have a chance to get the fifth star. Yeah, at the end of the day, what matters most is that he's going to be coming to Florida. And that, that one guy, final thing for you, Corey, that you guys have made a five-star is Derek Wingo, the linebacker commit for the Gators. What did he do to impress you guys this past season, and, and how big is that for the Gators to have, to have somebody that has five stars next to him? This is the second year in a row they will have got somebody with that from rivals after getting Chris Steele last class. Yeah, yeah I think with Wingo um, – I mean, I mean, I can't say not good enough, enough good enough things about this kid. I think he has a chance to become a captain once he gets to Florida after a couple of years. But I think with him, his his, his mixture of size and athleticism and his bounce, his instincts. I mean, he really it's hard to find many things you don't like about Wingo's game because even the last time I saw him, every time I see him, I feel like he's getting bigger. Not not much bad weight. I mean, no bad weight at all, really. He's put together, a great character. Obviously, like I say, he checks off so many boxes, but. 
as far as him on the football field, man, this kid, as far as his his, his ability to read and react is special. Um, if you watch his film, turn on senior film and kind of watch the way he reacts, especially on fakes and, you know, if there's a play action, his lateral quickness, he just is very well. He reads react. If it's one of those things where he, you know, he, he bites on a play fake, he's one of those guys who can transition back and flip his hits and recover fairly quickly for a linebacker. And um, there's just so many things you like about a dude. I think he's about six two and a half right now, uh, maybe closer to six two. 20, um, really good size, and um, he's the guy all schools basically on the shortlist for a while. He was considered Ohio State lean for much of the early part of his recruitment process, but he's a good guy that checks up all the boxes, a well-rounded player, great in the locker room, um, and I think his potential is through the roof, man. I think once he gets on campus, I think he'll have a chance to pay, play fairly early. Obviously, he'll be on the field next year and play, and I think over a couple of years, this could be one of those guys we could say all SEC you know, potentially, hopefully, for Florida fans, all-American type of linebacker because there's not many things that he doesn't do well. And then on top of it, he wants to be great and he's disciplined. So there's many things I think Florida fans will be huge fans of Wingo second, you know, as soon as he gets on campus. I think Florida fans are huge fans of you, Corey. We're so glad we got to bring you on the podcast, get your perspective. You guys have been on top of it, doing a great job with the coverage. Let everybody know where they can follow you and, and read all your work. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is Gators Territory. So it's Gator with an S in the end. So Gators and then Territory.com. And, um, and yeah, basically, or you can go Florida.Rivals.com. Um, and the same thing for our Twitter accounts is Gators Territory. And as far as myself, it's Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, and then underscore B-E-N-D-E-R for Bender. And, yeah, we're pumping out uh, updates for morning tonight. You know, it's an exciting time if you're a Florida fan. Uh, right now we're running a free, uh, 30-day free trial if you do the promo code GT30. Um, and we're growing at a great rate. We'd love to have anyone else who's interested to definitely come aboard. And we think you'd definitely be very pleased with you know what we're producing over there. I appreciate Corey for his time and perspective on Florida football recruiting. And that will do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On tomorrow's show, we'll be joined by Jordan Kruger from the Lake City Reporter to discuss some of the recent coaching hires in the state of Florida and how it impacts the Florida football program and some of the other teams in the state. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you can benefit from more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code CODE. Just pay $5 shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast.